Ladies and gentlemen, how do you are listening to the Synapse Films Podcast, a journey into the world of Synapse Films. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Susie Banyan decided to perfect her ballet studies in the most famous school of dance in Europe. The killer is coming. The killer's gonna get you. I'm just crazy about this store. I've been expecting you. You thought Iron Maiden was a heavy metal band. <laughs> I'll drink my flavor. Welcome to the Synapse Films Podcast. I am Timo Sabin. Some folks in the horror community know me as Timo. I will be your host on this journey into all things Synapse Films. Greetings, friends, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. In this episode, as always, we'll be checking in with Synapse Films co-owner, Mr. Jerry Chandler, and also checking in with Noah Chandler. Our special guest for this episode is none other than the very first guest we ever had on this podcast, Synapse Films team member Ryan Olson. Ryan and I have a nice chat about the recent Synapse release of Tombs of the Blind Dead. Before we get to that, I'd like to say hello to Tim Salmons from the Digital Bits website. Tim sent me a very kind and complimentary email about the podcast, and I would like to thank him deeply for that. High praise indeed coming from Tim. If you have not gone to the digitalbits.com, go. There is not a more comprehensive website providing news and reviews on everything coming out, be it physical media or even digital. And when you do go check out the digitalbits.com, go ahead and kick your shoes off and stay a while because there is a lot of ground that is covered at the digitalbits.com. So once again, Tim, thank you for the kind words, and I appreciate hearing from people listening. So if you have a comment or question about the podcast, you can email me at tim at synapsefilms.com. Also wanted to remind everyone that July 26th is a street date for the 4K release of Tenebrae. And also, uh, just in time for Halloween, street dates of October 25th, we have the standard release of The Kindred. And also, just recently announced, we will have the Blu-ray of Satan's Little Helper. So, happy Halloween. Again, the street day for Satan's Little Helper and the Kindred Standard release will be October 25th. And Tenebrae is set for July 26th. And now, without further ado, let's welcome in Synapse Films co-owner, Mr. Jerry Chandler. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Tim. How's it going? Uh, it's going okay. Hey, listen, uh, this this podcast, we have the, as I've been saying, the rip-roaring return of Rock and Rolson. And I got to tell you something, Jerry. We talked before we started talking on air and started doing our little interview for the show, and you had you had flabbergasted both of us. You had shocked both of us. We had no idea because we had just heard that you guys announced the release of the Blu-ray of Satan's Little Helper? 
Yes, absolutely. Isn't that great? Yes. <laughs> both of us <laughs> both of us were like we love that movie. It was a quiet in in my estimation, I don't know, I wasn't talking to every fan on the on the planet at the time, but it was like a quiet movie that came out that just it kind of it kind of took me by surprise. It's very odd and very different and very compelling. And I've been waiting for it to come out. And sure enough, I go on the website and I'm like, ah, where did that come from? And Ryan was like, did you know that was coming? I was like, no, I didn't know it was coming. He's like, oh my goodness. So we're both very excited. So you got to be careful though, Jerry. We're, you know, we're, we're not strong. <laughs> those kinds of, th- those kinds of things could, could put us in the hospital. We got shocked, but, uh, well, that, that's okay. I mean, remember, I travel. I'll come to that hospital. <laughs> you know, the thing is, I think I've mentioned this many times in the past. Uh, you know, when we talk about, when we get excited and talk about things that are pending or they just happened, it ends up shooting our, us in the foot because, you know, people, you know, my father always accused me, and rightfully so, of being uh, having what what he used to call inst- desire for instant gratification, mm-hmm. and he said it's not just me. It's it's my father's. Uh, you know, was born in Europe. He said it's it's like the American thing. Everybody wants to be immediately gratified uh, anything they think of, and of course, I understand it. And learning that lesson the hard way, we tend to hold things back until they're ready to be announced. So yeah, not only is uh synapse doing satan's little helper but we're almost done (laughs) (laughs) so yeah right right. and and the the other thing that goes with that is yes there will be a tomorrow young timmy and all the fans (laughs) out there we are still getting new stuff too that i can't talk to you about oh i know but we we just made a big deal for a big movie and we're waiting to get our the license agreement signed but yeah we'll have more Uh, unfortunately this is one we're going to have to do from scratch which is good news for the fans out there but it does mean there'll be a little bit of uh delay so maybe we'll hold back on that announcement i don't know what i like to hear is when you say you have to start from scratch I know what that means, and I like what I like the sound of that because that means it's probably something either I don't have or I don't have a worthy version of. So that there you go. yes, that I like. That's all I need to know. I just there, there's a placeholder somewhere. And I can narrow it down, Tim. I can narrow it down. I can guarantee you that either you don't have it or you need what will certainly be a better version. Excellent. I'm already excited. Does that give it away? No, no. But I tell you what, it narrows it down to about, I don't know, maybe 7,000 things. But that's better Uh, than 50. A little bit more than 7,000. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But But remember, I got to avoid the wrath of Don. Sure. So. I can't be too revealing. <laughs> right. Uh, well, it looks like October 25th right now is at street day, just in time for Halloween, which is awesome. Uh, you got the Tenebrae. That's the street date on that is the 26th. You got some standard releases coming out, including I think the Kindred is also coming out on October 25th. Happy Halloween. And you've got uh, Massacre at Central High, Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. Uh, are you hiring an army of like elves or robots to ship all this stuff now? You know, Noah and I are going to try and do it by ourselves. You know, we've uh, 
we've done, knock on wood, I, I got to say we've done a hell of a good job because since we took over from CAV, we have not gotten a single complaint. The only complaints that still trickle in is, uh, you know, for a missing CAV shipment or, or something like that, mm -hmm. which we then immediately fill, you know. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, so we've been keeping up, and, and my uh, daughter Noah has assured me, Dad, I think we can do this. So her and I, we're going to give it our best shot mm -hmm. um, and see what we can do. You know, like I said, there's a lot of muscle memory. This is what we concentrate on. To be fair to CAV, they had a big business with a lot of different arms like an octopus, and they had a lot of different things to concentrate on. Sure. This is what, when Noah and I have to ship, this is what we concentrate on, the only thing we concentrate on. So, I mean, just yesterday, I, you know, uh, Noah and I drove together, and I said, oh, it's almost 3 o'clock. Are you ready to go home, Noah? She goes, yeah. Let me check the website one more time. She goes, oh, there's two new orders. Let's just do those, and we'll go. And we did. And they they literally shipped within an hour of being placed. So, you know, I mean, look, are we that good? I don't know. I don't think so. But we're going to give it our, a shot, and, and at least everyone will get everything they have coming, you know, in a timely fashion, you know. Right. If, if your disc doesn't get shipped on the first day, it'll get shipped on the second or third. I mean, it's not going to get forgotten or you know <laughs> right are, are you striving to provide the closest thing to instant gratification for your customers that you can you know again don and i when we started this business we were just two movie fans you know so we try and do things the way we like them that's why we want the only delay between your order and you receiving it is the media mail. We don't want us to be any part of that delay. So we do the best we can to get everything shipped out the day you place the order. Very good. Uh, speaking of stuff that I was uh, seeing on your website, I spy with my little eye. Uh, there is a, I don't even know if it's like a placeholder or not, but there is a slot on your, your front page of your website that has the Deadly Spawn DVD. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's kind of weird. Don updo updated the news on Deadly Spawn. He added an update to it. And with our website, the way it's laid out, when you add something new, it timestamps it and puts it on the kind of like as if it was new release information. Oh. That's why it's on the uh, main page. So it's like an automated thing. So if Don puts new information in that listing, it just automatically will go up on the on the, the main new page. Ah, right. okay, okay. So people can then go and say, gee, I wonder why this is here. What's the new news? But there's going to be, I, I will say this, there's going to be a lot of information on a lot of movies coming in the coming months. So definitely keep an eye out on the website and, and click around and look at stuff. You know, we're getting more actively involved. As a matter of fact, Don just created a, uh, a newsletter and a list. I think he just sent out the first one to well over 5,000 people. If you'd like to be on that list, send us an email. If you're not getting the, the Synapse Films newsletter, send us an email and we could add you to it. What's the email they can, they can send the, uh, the request to? Uh, info at synapse-films.com. All right. So it was a little confusing to me, but that makes sense. So he updated the info 
And uh, so it basically got uh, automated, put up there. Okay, very good. Speaking of that, Jerry, again, um, now look, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm pretty sure on that same page, you guys are releasing books now? You know, years ago when we first licensed the booby hatch, the author gave us a box of books to sell at the shows with the discs. And, you know, it's been a number of years and we were looking around. We had a what? Uh, let's see. I'm looking at them right now. The booby hatch book. There's 12 copies left and it's a collector's item. I think it's out of print. I'm not sure. But if anybody wants one, it's right there. And uh, the other book, we only have five left of. Again, it was uh, from our friend Ricard Gramfors in Sweden. It was a book on Swedish you know, the it's called Swedish Sin. So it's on the Swedish erotic films of the early 70s, including Thriller. And there's a lot of movies we've done with Christina Lindbergh that are referenced in that book. It's a fascinating book. And for five people, if they order quickly, they'll be able to get one. Both very cool books. We're not moving into books. We just had them sitting around from our move. And we thought they're in perfect shape. We used to sell them at shows. Why not make them available to fans who may never have been able to get to a show to actually had a per chance to purchase? Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of of uh, the erotic, as you're saying, it's a good time for me to mention real quick that you and I have finished an episode of the Impulse Pictures podcast. And very soon, we're going to have a bonus episode of this podcast, of the Synapse Films podcast, and we're going to release the first episode as a bonus episode, and we might do that for a little while. We'll see how that goes. So everybody, keep your eyes open uh, for a surprise little bonus episode from us that will be covering uh, the Impulse title as well. It's a pretty fascinating little conversation. If you are interested in that Please listen. If you're not, you don't have to listen. But this is going to be a bonus episode, so keep your eye out for that. Um, also, I'd like to add in, folks, if you'd like to hear more, I mean, we just touched on just a very few, few things, and there's so much more to talk about. So if you have an interest, let Tim know, and we'll do another uh, impulse uh, or maybe a, a few more impulse uh podcasts and stuff just let them know if you like it let them know if you don't like it right exactly because i do have a lot of information a lot of questions already ready to go i'm ready to do some more so yeah if you're interested in it let me know tim at synapsefilms.com shoot me a note and let me know so i have jerry i have a question for you this is a business yep. question this was something that popped okay. up in my head uh i was watching a completely separate movie on a different film we were talking about transfers and things me and my wife were and i have a it's it's a little bit more of a don question but not really if i'd get more into the weeds with it it'd probably be but this is more of a topic topical kind of question about this okay do you guys generally are are just maybe not generally but how does this work sometimes now don restores these movies but but the movies are shot on film, so you have to get to the you know negative or whatever, which is film, and then that film is scanned, and then you got our Don restores off of that scan, if I'm not mistaken at least. 
how uh, how do you guys do you guys get the pay for the scan and have that done yourselves generally, or does a license holder usually have the scan done and give them to you and then you guys work off of that scan? It's kind of a detailed question, but it's a little thing I, I was a little foggy on. Well, you know that can go either way. It depends. Say the movie was made by somebody's grandfather who's no longer with us and and like the the granddaughter grandson got it in a will or whatever and they don't know what they have they don't like the movie or know the movie or what they don't know anything about materials or whatever that person might say hey i think i know where the materials are and i own the rights you want to do a deal somebody else might say you know for a different movie you know, the license might be up. Somebody might have just done a nice restoration and the licensor says, hey, they don't want to renew or we're, I'm putting it out on bids. How, how would you, you know, you want to bid on this? And if you win, you get their finished master. So the scan's done, the color's done, everything's done. It all depends. It could be that, the other, or anywhere in between. And you just have to take, that's one of the questions you ask when you're negotiating a license. You say, what am I getting? So is, is there ever been a time where someone's handed you guys a scan? They don't, they don't want it restored further. And you've had, you've had, I don't need an exact example, but does that, is that, does that occur sometimes where someone says, oh no, no, I don't want you to restore this anymore. Sure. I mean, it might, listen, People know Synapse and they know we do restorations and they know on certain films, these restorations could be very expensive. So just like there's all different kinds of companies, there's all different kinds of licensors. Uh, so you may have a licensor, and I think I brought this guy up. I We don't use his name, but he's one of my least favorite people in this business he had a really cool horror film, but he couldn't care less about the film itself. He didn't care if it was cut, uncut, if it looked good, if it looked bad. He was only willing to offer these extremely short two-year licenses. He said, but we can't do anything in two years. Well, that's your problem. But at the end of the day, he just wanted to turn that movie into the, the as much money as he could ever possibly get. So that guy, you know, if you do a deal where you get to deduct your costs in in making the movie look nice, and that cost is going to exceed any revenue the film generates. In other words, you can't do a Suspiria-like restoration on every movie out there. There's some movies that simply will not sell, no matter how good or bad or whatever they look, they just won't sell. So... The licensor might say, geez, if I allow you to unlimited funds that you could get your money back off the top to to restore this, I'm never going to see a nickel. So you can't do that. There's a cap or you have to pay me my royalty off the top. But some licensors might say, you know, I'm getting tired of storing these materials and and, and whatever. Uh, here, you take the materials and just make the best version of this movie you can. So when I offer it to the next guy, I got something complete to offer them. Mm. You understand? Yes. Mm-hmm. So as many, and again, like in the other thing, it could be any one extreme, the other, or anywhere in between. Jerry, let me tell you something. Your your job and your life is easy. It's simple. There's absolutely no mental dexterity required at all, is there? 
None, none whatsoever. <laughs> and if there was, I wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> I tell you, it's it's interesting for for me uh, to peel back some of those onion layers to to really see how these things, how difficult it is to get these into our hands. And uh, I, for one, it's made me complain a little bit less to anyone about stuff, you know, when it comes to these movies, because it's not it's not an easy task on your end or on Don's end. So, actually, all right, well, thanks for answering that, because that, that is kind of what I suspected, but I've been surprised before, and you've, you've schooled me on a couple things. So, very interesting, though. Very good. So, well, Jerry, we're going to get to uh, we're going to get to Noah coming up here. Uh, we are all going to meet together at Flashback. Can't wait! It's it's coming up. It's coming up. Mm, going to be a good time. Going to be a real good time. Is Dave Kosanky going to be there? Spank me. <laughs> I think Spank me usually does that show. It should be well rocking. Rolson and uh, Jen are going to be on their honeymoon. I right, know that. Right. I think the lineup, I think it's going to be Dave co-spank me. Okay. Like he's not the only person spanking me. He's the co-spank me okay. guy. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, I think uh, a go, good old uh, give your head a shake, Sean, our uh, Canadian guy is going to be at the <laughs> Chicago show, eh? The, the and, official uh, Canadian interpreter for Synapse. Yeah, yeah we call him Give Give Your Head a Shake, Sean. Okay, um, that's a um, that's a term that is most Canadians are very familiar with. Not so much so in in the U.S. Uh-huh. So he knows what I'm saying. <laughs> right. uh, let's see uh, who else. Uh, of course, uh, the lovely and talented Noah, my daughter, is yes. going to be there, and I'm going to be there. I don't think Don is. Sure. And I think our 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 podcast guy and his blushing bride, yes, are going to be there. Yes, Tim and Angie. Yes, and that's that's it. I think it's just the six of us. Okay. I'm not sure, but I think that's that's going to be the lineup for uh, flashback. And if you come on Saturday, chances are you'll get to meet the lovely Boz, our super fan that was on one of our podcasts. Because she always comes to see us in Chicago and a mm-hmm. few other cool Chicago people, too. So, yeah, excitement. Nice, nice. All oh, right. by the way, yeah. you know, this Motor, or yeah, I think it's called Motor City Legacy show is just announced this morning their second show uh-huh. in Detroit. And we're going to try and get into that one. We do love Astronomicon and those people. But that's more of a multimedia show. Right. And we'll continue to do that one. But we want to, you know, we want to try this new horror con out. So this is going to be another good opportunity for us here in the city of Detroit, which we're from. Uh huh. What do you know approximately when that's supposed to be happening? Actually, my birthday. <gasps> it's announced for March 10th. Yay! Oh, yeah, that's right. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of very important birthdays going on within that month there between uh, April and, and March there. I'm I'm even involved in one of those birthdays, so excellent. Yeah, that sounds like a good but time for all you fans out there that are wishing to celebrate uh, Jerry's birthday. It's very important to you. Uh, all I ask is just come to the show and say hi to me, and that would be birthday w- enough. You know, right. that would. That's <laughs> all I would like to see is just a hello from uh, from the people out there. Come see us in Detroit. Excellent, excellent. Does, does the mail run on your birthday? 
Uh, <laughs> seemed, I mean, it's a special day. I just didn't know. Mail. <laughs> not sun, not rain, not snow. Oh, remind them of that, if you don't mind, too. Um, all right, excellent. So we're going to all be together. Oh, we forgot one person. It's going to be a flashback. It's going to be a brand new person who has never been to a convention since he was a little, little tyke. That is our son, Chance is going to be awesome. with us. Yes. So I don't know how much he, he'll be with us. He might be he might be in the hotel room playing video games. Who knows? But uh, but he will be along as well. Um, hoping to see John Everson. Absolutely you will. It's not a it's not a flashback without John Everson. Period. And then uh, Patrick Breckman and his brother Drew who was also on the show uh at when boz was on the show your friend drew and then so him and his brother his brother comes and sees my bands play so i saw patrick yeah. uh when ultraman played with tsol uh recently patrick was there and he said that he will see us at flashback as well so you know again it, it, what's so beautiful about this kind of thing and i'm sorry everybody if this big horror guy gets a little mushy <laughs> I just, you know, I'm getting to the later stages of life and like I have a little brother and it, man, I wish I saw him a lot more than I do. And just to have something like that, where these two brothers meet up at this show every year, that's mm. such a cool thing, mm-hmm. you know, it really yeah. is. Yeah. And they're, they're great guys too. They're not annoying in the least. Oh no, so. no. Yeah. Yeah. I like them a lot. So, but I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Can't wait. Um, I tell you what, Jerry, um, I, I, I'm not going to try, but it takes everything I have not to pry some of those titles out of you, and you know it. <laughs> but part of that is self, is, is, is trying to keep myself sane, because it won't help me any if I if I have to sit there and wait and have that weight on my shoulder, too, that I know one of my favorite movies is coming out. I would have been climbing the walls had I known uh, Satan's Little Helper was was was, you know... On sure. the docket to you come know, out. There's an expression, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So we know that these are exciting things and we're, we're, we would love to tell the fans, but we also know it would be a disservice to announce it too soon. And then, you know, because once you announce it, the clock starts ticking and they're looking at the clock, looking at the clock. <laughs> right. Let's make it easy. Let's make it a short wait. Right. You know, I got a needle phobia. So when I go to the doctor for it to get my blood drawn, I have to get the first appointment in the morning and I'm there early because I can't stand the anticipation. It drives me insane. And, you know, <laughs> this is a little different, but not a lot different. You right, know? right. It's that anticipation of, uh, you know, the purchase. So we're trying to shorten that window a little bit. Well, you're doing a good job. I'm excited. Uh, lots of good stuff coming out. I know there's stuff yet to be announced that's going to be exciting as well. Whether I know the titles or not, it's uh, good things on, <laughs> on the horizon here. And uh, uh, also would like to say uh, uh, good luck to Don. Uh, you think he's having a surgery here soon. Uh, so we're thinking about him and good luck. And uh uh, you cannot be, rec- you can't uh, uh, recoup for very, very long. We're not going to let you. We need these movies. So there we go. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully this will wrap up his issues and he could get back on his feet. And, uh, you know, we're all, we all have our fingers crossed here. So, yeah. Yeah. You know. I want to see him back at the shows too. have some good times with, uh, with the whole crew, the whole crew. So 
Excellent. All right. We're going to talk to Noah next. Jerry, uh, thanks a lot. And we will talk to you next time. Okay, Tim. Be well. You too. Bye-bye. As always, thank you, Jerry, for taking your time out to speak to the friends and fans of Synapse. And folks, don't forget, August 5th through 7th, Flashback Weekend in Chicago, Illinois. Go to flashbackweekend.com and check out all of the details and info. It is a wonderful show. You are guaranteed to have a great time. Now, let's check in with Noah Chandler. Hey, Noah. Hi. So, I'm going to ask you about, of course, what's new with the merch? How is everything going? But something has jumped out to me that I touched on with your dad briefly. Books? I see books. Books that I found when I was cleaning the office, which is the best. Um (laughs) We moved in, like, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago, Uh and it's still, like, not totally unpacked because we're so busy. Mm -hmm. Like, I found them in my cleaning, like how if you keep your eyes on the website, sometimes I find one or two shirts from the grand past that, Mm -hmm. you know, that I'll sell, you know, one or two of. So there'll be one or two. So just keep looking at the website. Right. So the books are were, were ones that you found. That you guys still had yes. around. So really you didn't have a run of them. You actually found an old an, an old supply of them. And uh, they're going back up for sale then. And so you've been doing yes. that though. You were talking about that. You've been going around when you find when you've been finding some of the old merchandise, you are putting it up for sale and uh, basically as collector's items, right? Yes. Okay, so how many now but there's not many books. How many do you have? There's five of the Swedish sensations. And then we have 12 of the booby hatch, uh, novel by John A. Russo. Okay. So not, not many left, uh, but you found them in the warehouse. And, uh, so you guys are selling them and when they're gone, they're gone. Correct. Yes. They're like brand new. Okay. So people should keep an eye on the merchandise page, right? Because you're going to be, when you find things old, merchandise that isn't readily available anymore you are going to be selling them as you find them on the website so if you're interested in rare uh, old synapse merchandise you gotta keep your eye out correct yes and that's on the actual merchandise page on the synapse website correct yes when you on the synapse website when you click shop on the upper right hand corner mm-hmm. instead of it being under the merchandise category there's a list of like all the categories on our website mm-hmm. it'll be at the top and it'll just say books oh okay okay um and so if in the future if we ever have another novel come out about a movie or anything in the future like that it'll be under books rather than merchandise okay just okay. a little bit more specific easier okay. to find it if you want it <laughs> right right uh, so how's everything else going what's the i know you guys took over all the shipping how's everything i mean that's got to make things a lot more like quiet around there a lot more boring a lot less work to do when you guys are doing all that shipping right yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do something in my in my in my era we used to call irony, and I do it a lot. So you ha- sometimes when people are shocked by what I'm saying, it's because I mean the opposite. And uh, you know, I'm thinking back now, thinking maybe my generation wasn't so smart to make that a thing. <laughs> 
to say the opposite <laughs> of what we mean, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I am actually really happy. I can actually give customers proper feedback now. You know, like I usually have the answer. Mm-hmm. How have the shirts been? How how the shirts been selling? But the 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 twenty twenty two design. It's been good. It's we've been a just um a little slow obviously on hoodies because it because it is summertime what 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 (laughs) but yeah the 2022 t-shirts are still going um i do have a little bit of a teaser we just recently saw the new newest 2023 t-shirt design and it's very cool i can't really say too much more than that but just keep your eye on the website for other new and upcoming shirts and then also um that we have very few left of the synapse Sphiria t-shirt and it was very popular and i've had a lot of people um tell me they were really interested in us reordering it if we could and whatever just you know people like want more of other sizes and we only have a few left of like small and medium so we're debating on running a limited 100 piece various sizes run of the synapses for your t-shirt so keep your eyes on the website we're working on that right now and other than that there are some other really fun exciting things we're working on but i don't want to mention it yet you know okay, okay. i was like gotta keep them waiting gotta keep them guessing what else is coming? You're, you're, you're being influenced by Don and Jerry. You're keeping it close yes. to the vest. You're not going to, yes. you're not letting the cat out of the bag, so to speak. Not, not yet. All right. Well, is uh, anything else that you want to communicate to anybody as far as like the shipping or the merchandise or something that uh, people are asking or, you know, that you want to communicate? Um, Just to keep your eyes out on the website. Uh, if anyone has any merch questions reach out to me at noah at synapse-films.com are you going what are you going to be bringing to flashback i will be bringing the 2022 shirts for the impulse and the synapse lines i'll probably bring some hats i'll probably bring some chapsticks um if we have any of our in the future surprises in you might see something new there. We don't know yet. Talk about your little personal things you sell. So at the edge, well, at the synapse table or at the merch table, I bring um, stickers and squishy things that kids really enjoy and little Pokemon people. Uh-huh. It's more directed for kids. So, you know, your kids aren't looking at the synapse table. Right. <laughs> While the parents are looking at the synapse table, you know what I mean? Right, So right. the kids really like it, and everything's a dollar. And I bring them to all the shows, so I always have it. It's always in the back if it's not sitting out. So if you heard this and you come to a show and I don't have it sitting out, just come up and ask me. I'm the one with the blue or the red hair. Well, we will see you at Flashback and looking forward to it. Oh, it'll be a blast. I'm oh, sure. yeah, absolutely. So, all right, Noah, we will talk to you next time. And thanks for taking the time to talk. Okay, toodles. Once again, thank you, Noah. And remember, keep looking at that website for not only the new films that will be coming out on Blu-ray and 4K, but also some of the merchandise that will also be available to purchase. 
And now, my conversation with Ryan Rock and Rolson about Tombs of the Blind Dead. I'd like to welcome back to the show the very first guest we ever had on this here podcast. This is the rip roaring return of Ryan Olson, or as he is affectionately known on this podcast as Ryan Rock and Rolson. Hello, Ryan. Hey, Tim. How's it going, buddy? Thanks for having me back. Oh, well, thanks for coming back on. So, yes, I know that we've we've attached that unfortunate nickname to you. Of course, I like it much better than the one that Jerry gave Dave Kosanke, which was Go Spank Me. Um, <laughs> I, I, now, you disagreed with me, but I think Dave may disagree with you. <laughs> it, oh, you I, would, I would imagine so. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, welcome back. And also, as we have told everybody on this show, congratulations on the wedding of you and Jen, also a guest on the show who will be back on the show at some point as well. She was on the Suspiria show. So congratulations on the wedding. And uh, might I tell you that you have made Jerry Chandler so proud. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. It's uh, definitely very humbling. And uh, it was a great honor so much to have Jerry and Noah as a part of it. I mean, that was, you know, we consider them like extended family. And so, you know, it was, uh, it was just perfect. We couldn't have asked for, uh, better people to be helping us out on that day. So we're very grateful and thankful. Now, since we got you on the show, Jerry is, has talked how you and Jen met via through synapse. And he's told the story. Now I want your story. How did you and Jen meet? I want, I want to hear your side of the story now, since I've heard Jerry's side. We'll get to Jen sometime here, too, coming up in the near future, but I want to hear your version of it now. Well, I mean, it was uh, rather innocuous, actually. How it all started was that I was working at Flashback Weekend, and Jen came up to the table. I was, like, gobsmacked when I saw her. I was, like, just... I don't know why all of a sudden just thought it's like she came up and I was like, holy cow in my head. I was like, this is, <laughs> that's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen, you know? And we, we talked a little bit and she was there working at the convention, I think as well. Uh-huh. We talked a little bit, you know, just idle, you know, nothing significant. Just when you first meet somebody type thing, you know, and mm-hmm. then she, she left and, you know, I went to John and Jerry and I was like, She's one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. And, and that was like it, you know, because this was August of uh, 2013. Fast forward to Cinema Wasteland in early April of 2014. I was working the show and all of a sudden she comes sauntering up to the table and it was just like, whoa, you know, again, I just, I don't know how to explain it other Love than just sight. it was just like, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. In hindsight, that's, I mean, that's only really the way to describe it, but Mm -hmm. it was just really goofy because I felt like I made a complete ass of myself. (laughs) I mean, I totally was like, just 
I'm sitting here talking and we're talking and this and that, you know, just talking about all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I just feel like I'm totally tripping over myself and like, I'm picturing in my head, way to go, pal. Like you see the freaking cover Led Zeppelin and Hindenburg going down in flames, you know, it's like. Now was Jerry in the background at the table? Was he like playing a violin with like a rose clinched in his teeth or anything? Was he wearing like little diapers? Did he have like a little quill? Did he like shoot you guys with like love arrows or anything? Oh my God. It would have been fun. It, it might've happened. <laughs> Because, I mean, you know, the whole time the world didn't really exist. It yeah. was just me talking to her and everything else kind of fell away, you know. And I uh, I was uh, making a, what I thought was an ass of myself. And <laughs> But so she walks away again and I, and I go to Don and Jerry and I'm just like, man, that she is just absolutely the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I mean, I, I and then uh Don goes to me and he, he's like, he's like, well, you know, she's kind of on the rocks with her boyfriend or something like that. And cause mm-hmm. Don had told me about that. And, and, and again, I'm like, but I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, that's cool. But I live in Wisconsin. She lives in Michigan. I mean, this is, you know, mm-hmm. so I just kind of, again, put it out of my mind. I was just like, yeah, you know, you know, at, at wasteland they have, you know, the, the, everybody hangs out in the hotel after the convention's over with. And right. that's, kind of one of the cool things about wasteland is that everybody's there right once you're in that hotel you're all just there hanging out you know i've got a group of friends that we kind of commandeer one of the tables in the lounge area and we sit there and geek out and nerd out and all that stuff mm-hmm. and so that's what we did that night fast forward to that and we're just sitting there talking and uh you know jen obviously knows a bunch of us and stuff and she knew Don England and ended up coming. She, here she comes sauntering up to the table. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you know, again, just gobsmacked. And we just start talking. <laughs> and like, we just had a whole night just sitting there talking. And she walked away and uh, then comes Sunday morning and she comes up to the table, you know, hey, you know, just wanted to, she just wanted to talk a little bit and say it was cool talking and all that stuff, you know, and, and that was that. And I was just, you know, it was, it was weird. Cause it always felt like there was some, something there, but. Is that when she hit you over the head with the club and she drug you back to her cave? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it was Very just nice. one of those things where it was like thinking to myself, I'm like, well, you know, again, the distance, she lives in another yeah, state. Yeah. I, 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 I drive home from Sin Wasteland and, uh, get settled. And then I look at my Facebook and who's got a friend request from Jen. She sent me a friend request. And, uh, so I accepted it right away, of course. And then like within a minute or two, she was messaging me, Hey, how's it going? And we just started talking and basically never stopped. (laughs) Nice. That's awesome. Congratulations. I'm a little disappointed that Jerry wasn't in a diaper shooting little arrows at you. Um, well, I mean, he could have been, he could have been, <laughs> you can, would have we noticed. Can, we can just say that he was right. and it just, you know, like I said, I was, you know, all I, all that existed was her and me making nice. an arse of myself at the time. So that was like, you know, <laughs> and that that's never it. stopped. But, has it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. But I'll nice. tell you this, Tim, yeah. that was one thing is that once I real, the moment that I realized, which was pretty quickly that, uh, this was something significant. I knew right away that I had to do whatever it took right. to, you know, to make this happen. And sure. it was like, you know, I mean, it, it was a, a quick thing. I mean, I, by that November of the same year of 2014, I mean, I was turning 40 that, that month and I had all my worldly possessions packed into a U-Haul I had my car on the trailer and moving to Michigan. And 
we had a lot of help, especially from her parents. I mean, they, which is really crazy because they met me only a couple of times and then they were just like, let's do this and make it happen. And, you know, they were extremely instrumental in, in helping get me here. Oh, nice. And, Very uh, good. Yeah. Well, as Jerry, as Jerry says, it's the greatest synapse success story. So congrats. And as a gentleman who for over 20 years has been batting above his average, welcome to the club. Yeah. They don't need us. Hey. That's for sure. Do they? So, Hey, amen to that. I hear you on that <laughs> right. man, for sure. That's Congrats very much to both of you. And uh, looking forward to having Jen back in the show so I can get her version of, of this story too, which that'll, <laughs> that'll be fun. I want to get it from all three of you guys. It'll be fun. But so far I enjoy hearing it because slightly different, but so far it's all pretty much the same thing. So very good. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, boy, I just uh, wish I wouldn't have said that now about the diaper and the, and the uh, the oh, little quill and everything. Could, I can see that getting some legs. Oh, <laughs> little 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 wings on the shoulders, you know, and uh, just and and a, and a little oh, I a think little. I, I see a Photoshop. Uh, <laughs> I see some Photoshop work in my future here. <laughs> right, right. Well, okay, so we are going to talk about today the uh, very recent uh, release that Synapse put out here of the 1972 Armand Desario. Uh, film Tombs of the Blind Dead. I always like to ask people this because I'm a history guy. I like the history of things I love. I might not like, you know, like uh, medieval history or something like that, you know, but I, I, not unlike this podcast normally, I'm more interested in the history of the films, you know, and like, how did it come to be on disc? How did it come to be to screen and all this other stuff? So what was your first experience with this film? How did you stumble across it? And what did you think? Well, I mean, I had seen images of the blind dead and I had heard and read about them, you know, mentions in magazines and things over the years. I believe a record from Funeral Mist, the Swedish black metal band. I think they have images of them in one of the booklets that are one of their records. And, you know, I'd always been curious. But when Blue Underground put out the box set, the coffin box set, mm-hmm. my but our buddy Dave, he uh, he got it. Dave Kosanke. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Ended up actually he and he gave it to me. He gave me a copy for my birthday and uh I devoured it like right away. Mm-hmm. You know, watched I mean I pretty much binge watched all four movies like within a within a, a day or two, you know, and uh I I was, you know, hook, line and sinker. I mean, I was just totally hooked on it, into it. I want to say that I had seen parts of one of the movies on a crappy version one time i don't remember the details of it but it was just a little bit it was one of the it was an attack scene i did but it was real murky you couldn't see much of anything you know and all that stuff so i don't remember it much but uh uh, like i said i always was interested in it but my first true introduction to it was getting that blue underground box set which i mean i still have to this day and i cherish it very much so when word came out that uh they were doing tombs. I was ecstatic. I mean, I was like, Oh man, pretty fortunate. You know, one of the fun things about working with Don and them at shows is that sometimes I get sneak peeks of things. And, uh, so as he was doing the restoration, sometimes I get to see, you know, some of the footage, he'd bring his laptop and be like, check this out, you know? And, uh, so I had seen some of the process as he was going through that being mind blown as always, you know, when we were getting ready to go to Wasteland, you know, I we, we showed up at Synapse HQ and 
getting ready to load up everything like we do. And I saw one of the steel books sitting there and I was looking at it and like, Oh, this looks so great. You know, I'd seen the mock-ups, but <laughs> right, not right. the physical thing. And <laughs> right. Picked it up and then Jerry's like, Oh yeah, we're gonna have a bunch of these co- 150 copies we're gonna have at the show. And it was like it's gonna be a surprise. And I was like, Brah! you know, jaw <laughs> on the floor. That just was so much fun. I mean, uh, to me, it was fun to be like able to watch everybody's jaws hit the floor when they found out because I run the um the Facebook group for Synapse. Yes. I guess we should tell people that too, that not only do you do you uh, work the tables at some of the shows, uh, but you do run, it's it's the fan page. It's not the, you don't run the official Synapse page, but there's a, the Synapse Films and uh, Impulse fan group. What, what's the actual title of it? It's so, so people can, can find it if they haven't already. It's called the Synapse Films and Impulse Pictures fan group. I created it and uh, it is, it started off kind of slow and because I, mean, I sent out a bunch of people and passed it around and, you know, it got a, a push in the beginning, but in the last, I want to say since the, the uh, blind dead announcement, when we did that, now it's like almost daily, I'm getting multiple requests of people Good. constantly joined. I mean, we're already at almost 700 people and it's just growing very fast, which is great. I yeah. mean, that was the whole point, sure. you know, so Right. So that so if people if you aren't on the group, go and get on it. And if you are in the group, there he is. That's Ryan. This is the the official head honcho at that at that fan page. Um, you know, when I when I first saw getting back to Tombs of Blind Dead, when I when I first saw it, it was the VHS, the big box VHS. Oh. I rented it from some little mom and pop and I was maybe I don't know, 15, 16, you know, I was a kid. And That's awesome. it. just what I would do, and I'm sure you did this and most people listening to as a kid, I just go to a VHS place to start pulling boxes and whatever looked mildly interesting. I try it out, try it on for size and tombs of the blind dead was just one of those movies. Now the version I saw, uh, was the American of course, version that starts off yeah. with yeah. the woman getting, you know, slashed yeah, and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a yeah. different cut. Of the film, yeah. which is interesting too, because uh, I did check on the synapse release, and because that's what I—that's what my memory said. You know how it is when you, when people like us, and again, I'm sure people listening who devour so many movies, yeah. well, memory can be a little sticky. It can be, you exactly. know. But how I remembered it was it starting off with that scene, and sure enough, you know. So I went and checked, you know, the the U.S. cut on the disc, which I'm glad that it was it was provided just to happen, and if for nothing else, so I could confirm my memory being correct yeah well to be yeah that that actually jogs mine a little bit because i did see that opening sequence that was one of the things that i saw so i I don't know if i saw the whole first film i want to say that it was parts of the first film and parts of the second film Mm -hmm. that i had seen before i saw the blue underground sets and did that but i did see that that sacrifice scene in the past that was one of the things that i had seen prior Mm -hmm. to really sitting down and seeing the whole movie. So, yeah. Right. What was your, what was your, what was your first thought like about the first time you saw it? Like, so you'd heard about the film, you'd seen little pieces of it when you finally sat down and watched the very first time the I guess would be the, the blue underground uh, release when it came out. What did, what did you think about the film? At least that version of it? Well, I mean, I was floored. I mean, I just, I loved it. I thought the, I thought that the, you know, the Templar is obviously the star of the show there. I mean, it just, 
it just made it was just such a cool concept i mean i love the way they look they're i mean it, you know it's cliche but it's like they just look so cool and the slow motion moving and the atmosphere of it and just you know they did such a good job with making them i mean they're really creepy looking i mean yeah. as far as like creatures like that i mean it's like man you saw that coming after you it's like that's the stuff of nightmares i mean <laughs> right you know i mean it's like boy oh boy right and not even even more crazy is that there's a lot of like the day for night or just plain daytime scenes where you see these see them you know hunting around and it's just like uh, it's amazing when you look at that right you know right of how it's like wow you actually you know they, they, they're not just all left to darkness and like hidden. I mean, they, they're right there. You can see them, you know? Right. It, it, it really holds a lot of thick atmosphere and it's eerie. And oh yeah, for me, movies, European films, especially from that era, they tended to, yeah. they had like that kind of grainy look to them. They had the, the film stock, those kind of washed out colors and stuff that at least by the time we ever, yeah. we ever saw them. And yeah, I don't think it's really easy, you know, just, just, if you just look at the Paul Nashie movies and stuff like that, you can see what I'm saying where I don't oh, think yeah. it was easy given their tools to create that sense of atmosphere and eeriness in a film. And, and yet Diosario, he managed to do it. And I, that's what I, that stuck out to me was that this could be not eerie and not atmospheric and it would still be a, a known and movie and stuff, but to, have that in a film that is, and it's fairly sparse too. There's yeah. not a ton of stuff going on in it, but yet it's, it somehow manages to keep you there because of that atmosphere. And that, and I, that eeriness to me is one of my favorite things. An eerie film to me kind of pull, even if it's not in even if it doesn't end up being a good movie. Uh, I, I think the fallacy of a lot of films for people like us who watch a lot of them is if they don't hold our attention, uh, you know, you feel like you're wasting your time, blah, blah. But these movies always found a way to hold my attention with that atmosphere. And that it was not very common to me with some of the European films of that time. Well, you know, one thing that I think helps with the movie a lot is the setting. I mean, mm -hmm. those ruins that he shot, that they shot the movie in, when, which actually were shot in Portugal and not right. Spain itself. They were in Portugal when they did that. It's... Uh, I mean, you got production value right there. I mean, right. that's one of the great things about it is it adds so much because you take those guys, those creatures that look like that, and you stick them in that setting. And that just, you know, catapults it instantly. I mean, you add some fog to it, you know, and all that stuff. And you've got, you know, you're getting so much bang for your buck without really having to spend as much because you didn't i mean obviously they weren't building sets like that and doing that but they didn't have to because right. one of the luxuries of living in europe is you have ancient medieval <laughs> structures and stuff that are right. centuries old and you know all that stuff over there that you can you know at your disposal and that's part of diosorio's genius that he was able to take that idea and come up with such a strong concept i mean the whole idea behind the templars and what they're doing and how they operate and exist and just all of that i mean it's like so incredibly realized and fully formed you know mm -hmm. it's so powerful i mean any i you know i defy anybody to watch those and not be like wow i mean unless you just plain don't like that kind of stuff it's like 
stuff of nightmares. <laughs> right. And I think them on horses is different. And the fact that they do use a slow yeah. motion, they, they yep. use a slow motion form on the horses that, that adds yeah. this, this ghostly kind of thing that, and that ghostly, that, that thick gothic unnatural kind of, yeah and it i don't just you know a lot of um a lot of films from that era from a region or spot in the world they tend to be more in your face they tend to be a little bit more uh crude i maybe that's the wrong way yeah. of putting it but they tend to sure. have a little they're a little rough around the edges they don't have that seduction some do don't yeah. get me wrong i'm not talking about every movie but this is one of those that really sets itself apart for that. And I think that, you know, people argue about the fast and slow moving zombies. This isn't a whole, this is a whole nother conversation. These are really, really slow moving, but, but they still catch you all the time. Yes. They always end up there. The, you know, they the inexorable movement is there. They just, they don't stop. And no matter what you do, they still manage to get you. Right. And then there's the added, they're blind. So then there's the yeah. added, they hear people's yeah. heartbeats and stuff. And that yep. was something that I kind of had forgotten about over the years. Cause I hadn't seen yeah. this movie for a little while and I kind of had forgotten some of that over the years. And that, yeah. that's very cool too. You know, that they can, well, cause you can't hide your heartbeat unless you stop it and then you're dead. Right. So right. you can't really hide from them cause they can hear you that, you right. you know, right. <laughs> unless you're a Zen master who can slow your heartbeat down to like, you know, <laughs> Then maybe. <laughs> right, right. Well, and that brings me to what do you uh did you what do you think about the cut now, the the long cut that, that Synapse put out versus other versions you may have seen? Um yeah. the one thing I like about the VH the American cut is I, I kinda like how it sets up a backstory immediately and gets right to some yeah. of the nasty stuff. I yeah. do appreciate that a little bit. What are your thoughts on like the different cuts that you've seen? I, I mean, I, I think it, it really comes down to a case of how you saw it first. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, I, I, maybe I would have more of an appreciation for the American cut had I seen that first, but mm -hmm. because I didn't that I don't have the same connection to it. Like you have. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to be honest, I'm not sure if I've ever actually sat down and watched the American cut completely in its entirety anyway, just because it was a, one of those things where it's like as much stuff as I've seen, I've not seen everything all the time. And I was later to the game when, you know, relatively speaking, when it comes to these films, cause I didn't see it on VHS or something prior, you know, the blue underground was the first time I got to experience the whole film and see right. it. So okay. that, I mean, I, I was just that way. I'm like, well, I want to watch the Euro cut because that's supposed to be the, the real version of the movie. So that's why I went. Right. And see, I think to me, too, is that what I like about the American version is sort of like how they edit the timeline. And yeah. what I don't like, of course, is the stuff they cut out that's gruesome. That well, yeah. is that is reinstalled in this version, which makes a much well, more gruesome. Well, on VHS, man, it was probably really hard to see it because it was murky as hell and probably very grim. So you might have seen it, but you didn't see right, it. Exactly. You know? Right, right. A burial ground. When you watch that movie, the first, I mean, I saw that on VHS. was another, you know, blind rental type thing. Mm -hmm. And that whole beginning of that movie and a lot of other parts of it, you can't see anything, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and then Shriek Show and those... And, 
Severn put out the Blu-rays and it's like revelation or, or the DVD, even just seeing the first DVD of it right. was like, so that's what's happening in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> right. Agreed. Totally agree. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so it's probably the same thing for you with, with blind dead. I mean, seeing that, uh, on VHS, you know, I'm sure that, you know, that there was probably, a, cause like I said, the little pieces that I had seen, it was grim and murky and really hard to see some of the stuff that was going on. Right. You know, it was like, so it was kind of like I was fascinated by it, but it was like, man, I can't, you can't see anything. Well, you know? the the, so. the version when I went forward on the Synapse disc when I saw when I saw the end of the American version, it is what I remembered from the VHS. So so basically, the VHS version I saw was like, uh, admittedly, as you're describing, a crappy kind of washed out VHS, yeah. old old VHS version of what's on the sure. disc, and and but I, I do agree with you. It still looked amazing compared to what I'd seen before. I just sort of liked how I didn't like the cuts. I just kind of liked how they how they started with the backstory a little bit. But you know, yeah, seeing the original version of it, there's there's something to that as well because it's sort of lulls you into the story a bit and you know i'm not sure if somebody who who demands a quicker pace than this movie gives would appreciate that quite as much but sometimes a increasing sense of dread in a film can be much more effective to me than a than a right down your throat right right in the beginning so i do i do also see that I agree. That whole get to the monster mentality of today where it's like, we got to have something within the first whatever minutes. It's like, you know, it's a, such a lost art of taking your time, right. building the story, building the atmosphere and the tension, like you said. And, you know, for us being a little bit older, we have more of an attention span than younger right. audiences. We we're we're used to like, okay, it can take its time. And blind dead is definitely that way. I mean, it's worth the time to let it, do what it's gonna do you know right what are your thoughts on the restoration well i mean it's you know (laughs) top notch as always i mean it's you know it's uh great to see all the stuff in there i mean you you know you see so many crazy things there there it's like definite details that you never noticed before i mean even more so like you said especially if you're looking at you know past versions i mean the blue underground version did look really good but obviously this is a you know, significant step up from that for right, sure. Right. I mean, it's really phenomenal. I mean, it's some of it, I mean, some of it looks like it could have been shot yesterday. I mean, it's, you know, and it doesn't take away from it. That's the best part because it just shows you that how well and how good those things look. The Templars don't lose any of their power. They still look just as menacing and grim and if, if not more so because you notice more stuff i mean you can really see the moldy dusty look on these things i mean they look so cool you know it's just it's awesome i don't think there's <laughs> any debate or dispute that this version of tombs of Plain dead is light years like the best version it looks incredible the other thing that's kind of cool about this and i'm kind of warming up just a little bit now look we're going to talk about extra features a little bit here. I'm not so much an extra features guy. I'm more of a, I, I want the best transfer, restoration, whatever you want to call it. I collect movies. I don't collect, you know, like extras and things like that. 
And uh, one one person guest on the show who will be a guest again from the Dwarves, Mark Diamond. He is a big extras guy. He would probably buy a Blu-ray with a VHS transfer of the movie if he could just get the extras on it. You know, he loves he loves that stuff. I'm completely the opposite, but I am as time goes on. I am warming up to them because I buy more and more movies that I'm buying as a collector. Movies I've seen a bunch of times. I may or may not watch again, but I need to have it because I'm a collector, you know? Yeah. And therefore, I might go and look at the transfer. Oh, that looks really nice. I'm impressed. And then I will go to the extras and just kind of watch little documentaries about the film and stuff. So I'm, I'm warming up to it. This one has a really good documentary like on the history of Spanish horror cinema. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it a lot. I thought it was really great. I did too. But before we get to that, I just I I gotta bring this up. <clears throat> Revenge from Planet Ape. Yeah. What the hell? What are wild? we? <laughs> we make fun of the for like the span the Spanish and who made this film or the Italians for making clunky or awkward movies and stuff, and you send it over here and you put a little voiceover in the beginning to try to tie it to some sort of weird yeah. planet of the apes thing. And then you look at the Templars and you're like, okay, I they know. have whiskers and sort of have King Kong looking jaw looking things. I They're I, trying to pass them off as, <laughs> as skeletal monkeys. That's hilarious. <laughs> and then you start looking like, oh man, they do kind of look like some of the ape monks and stuff in the in, I mean, in, in planet of the apes. you saw the murky version like you were watching on VHS, maybe you could get away with that, but that's a <laughs> about it i mean come on that's a that is a brazen weird weird idea and i don't know and i know this was a long time ago and times have changed for this too i don't know what dope they were smoking but i'd like to know what the name of it was that's all i'm telling well, you no kidding <laughs> you know because that I, is I like do wanna, i do want to say really quick though that yeah. like for myself i mean i understand the i'm a collector of movies because i'm the same way but because I am such a fan of movies, I do enjoy the extras, especially if it's for favorite movies. Sure, like right. even when I was a kid, I loved reading the magazines about movies and when they would do TV specials and stuff like that, I was glued to the screen watching that stuff, seeing the behind the scenes and hearing about how the movies were made and what they did and the stories and stuff like that. So for me, I've always enjoyed extras because I like getting to be able to dig deeper into the nuts and bolts of it and hearing, you know, more stuff and learning about things that are related to favorite movies. So that's why for myself, most times when I upgrade or if I'm going to double dip or whatever you call it, it's usually more like, okay, this version's got, not only it'll have the best transfer, but then it's got all these extras and stuff on there that are great. I'm not like, I'm, I'm kind of warming up to it more as the years go by because of the extensive version of things they're putting out, you know? Um, yeah. The work that like Mike Felcher does over at, at Red Shirt, uh, there's, you know, Bally Who's Out, all these things, like there there's actual yeah. companies, entities that are making these features now for, and they're very, very good, so I'm warming up to them. Yeah. My point was yeah. more that it's not a deal breaker. I'll give you a good one. I'll give you a good one, man. Piranha 2, when they put that out on, on Blu-ray, I'm a big fan of that movie. Yes, it's not the best movie ever. The cover art is amazing. It's mm -hmm. one of my favorites. But the movie itself is, you know, it's good. But, I mean, it was not a very, not a lot of stuff on there. But, of course, day one purchase, I had to have it. Right. Because even though I had it on DVD, 
it's I love that movie enough that when they put that blue out and a big seller for it for me too was they actually put the poster art on there mm-hmm. as opposed to the DVD which had some generic garbage cover that was just horrible. Right. So it was like I had to have it just because of what it was. It right. was like so I mean I'm not a I'm not averse to it. It's just sure sure you know extras features will definitely get me to buy stuff more than maybe not <laughs> right and so but on on this disc i i really enjoyed watching that that spanish oh, yeah. history history of spanish there's that one thing was awesome it is yeah. but there's one there's one thing like that, that that really and this is maybe this is us old guys like you know sitting and get off my yard i'm waving my cane at flies flying through the yard and stuff like that, you know, and things but I, the way that some modern people, let's say, like to attach meaning to these old horror films that never existed. And because yeah. we live in a more sensitive and maybe uh, society where we put messages into things more than we used to, that we're, right. we're looking for messages that were never there. No, no, these movies, mm-hmm. they were lucky to get these movies made and stuff. They wanted to make a movie that scared people. But it's not a statement. No, it's you know not as saying? much as like Night of the Living Dead, which even in that documentary, they talk about how, I mean, you hear from Russo himself. He's like, well, a lot of that stuff wasn't necessarily as as thought out as you would think it was. That's okay. I mean, you know, there's a right. lot in the 1960s. There were a lot of things in that movies that were kind of hot button things. Right. And I mean, what right. I appreciate is that the filmmakers had the balls to put that movie together and ignore that. And say, Dwayne Jones was the best actor. We're putting him in that role. We didn't write him as any kind of certain person. We're going to put him in the role. I appreciate Russo going, well, we knew that when Dwayne Jones took the coat off of Judith O'Day, that there's going to be some problems down south. We did it so that she didn't have to lay there while we were shooting these scenes while she was passed out under those hot lights. So all that, you know, being extras are definitely, it's a fluid thing with me. I appreciate yeah. them when I get them, but yeah. my but I certainly don't want a movie uh, or to buy a Blu-ray with great extras and a crap transfer or a crap oh, restoration. No. It's worthless. Yeah, to for me, sure. You know? I mean, it's got to start with the. It starts from the top, and that's the movie. Right. And then all the other stuff should be the bonus. Like you said, it's a bonus, and that's. That's that's how it should be. I mean, I you know, it's like with slipcases and stuff like that. Like, you know, I don't buy movies for slipcases. I don't buy movies for that stuff. I want the movie. That's what I'm buying it for. If they happen to have a cool slipcase or this or that with it, that's just a bonus. But right. it's not the reason I'm buying the movie. I'm not buying it for that. I'm not, you know, it's like I, I enjoy it when they put together a nice package. I mean, especially with the prices of some movies these days and the way they are, it's like, okay, you know, give me the bang for the buck. I I understand that it takes some of the sting off, but at the end of the day, I'm buying it first and foremost because of the film. And that's what I'm there for is that, you know, all that said, I will say, I generally am not a fan of newly commissioned art. Nine times out of 10, I'd rather have just the original art myself. You know, there are exceptions like Ben's Cotter stuff and stuff like that. He's done some amazing stuff. I mean, the Blind Dead and the Living Dead of Manchester Morgue are both, I mean, and the Massacre at Central High. I mean, holy cow, amazing stuff. But it's like, you know, for me, for the most part, if you give me the original theatrical art, I'm going to put that on there. That's what I, 
I mean, it's been, unless it's really, really horrible, like there are ones like that, mm-hmm. like the edge of the axe. I mean, the original oh, yeah, yeah, thing yeah. of that is just absolutely <laughs> god awful. Right, right. But that's just my nitpicky thing. I mean, I totally understand that companies and people want to do this stuff. And again, it's cool that it gives the artists a job and things to do. And I understand all that. It's just my personal taste that, sure. you know, if you're going to give me a choice between the this newly commissioned art or the original theatrical poster most times i'm gonna go with that you right, know right. just how it is well and i i think i i like to thank you know jerry and don even the other companies everybody who gives you the reversible art yeah i appreciate that absolutely. because give me give me a choice absolutely. i i i want these artists it's not easy to find work we all know that you know so I think it's great. Yeah. I have no problem. I'm glad there's people that are really into it. And actually, I almost always think they're cool. I think they yeah. look cool. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool art. You know, I like that, whatever. But I am the guy who grew up looking at the original Halloween 2 poster. You know, I'm the guy that grew up yep. looking at this stuff. So that that's what I want to see. I'd have no problem having the other, though. It's it's fine. You know, it's great. But, yeah. uh, but, but I think that being said, I'd like to, you know, again, thank everybody you know for these for these releases and the time and the effort and the care that's put yeah. into putting them out i think if anything uh, like jerry you anybody who listens to the show can tell immediately jerry loves artwork yeah. he loves it he absolutely loves it and i think yeah. it's it's great that we have people like him who care so much about the packaging yeah. and about the delivery of these yep. products not just a transfer, you know, you got as you, yeah. again anybody listening to the show, and Ryan, you know firsthand as well as I do. Don is off in his world, QCing yeah. his stuff and making lists and telling the text to get yeah. back and do something else. And Jerry is in the office and he's cutting a deal here or there, or working trying to figure out the artwork, and then they're bouncing these things back off each other. Jerry cares deeply about yeah. it, and yeah, he loves it. He you he gets emotional about it you know mm-hmm. i mean he really loves it yeah, so yeah I, I mean when he first showed me the the manchester morgue uh, mock-ups and the uh and the blind dead ones i mean my jaw was on the floor mm-hmm. i mean i was a fan of ben scotter from the you know metal band covers and stuff he was doing back in the day and all that as it was but mm-hmm. it's like you know when he when he first showed me that i mean just how proud he was and it was like it's great art i mean it's he does it the right way though in my opinion where it really tributes this stuff you can tell that he's a fan of the stuff he's doing it for as well and i think that makes it adds a little bit more to it where it's like there's a little more care rather than just oh, i'm just gonna bang out some stuff you right, know i mean right and it's cool that both things exist i mean we all have our preferences and we all have our tastes but you know i've always been of the mind of hey different strokes for different folks. And if that is what you like, cool. You know, I'm not going to look down on you because you have a differing view than me and vice versa. It's like, it's great that it's there. I mean, better than it not being there. The alternative is worse. Right. You know, we right. could not have any of this. Exactly. But we are fortunate that we have all of this. Exactly. Know? And I mean, and I know you're, and I know I speak for you too. I mean, no disrespect to red shirt pictures, to, to Ben's guy, all these guys, the artists and everybody and people doing the extras when we're kind of debating the our personal value to these things. Because when in reality, I'm buying Tombs of the Blind Dead for the movie. That's why I'm buying right. it. But the cool packaging is 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 a bonus. And the and the, yeah. the documentary the on top. The doc yeah, the documentary was fascinating to me. Would I have bought it either yeah, way? It was great. Yes, I would have bought it either way. That's my point. So my point is, it's not selling it to me, 
but it is a nice gift. I mean, none of these movies are cheap anymore. None of them. You know, none of these well, releases are cheap. I like the, that's yeah. why I like the documentary because it's like, okay, you're paying this much money for it. And yes, it's obviously ultimately for the movie that's number one, but I got a nice almost 90 minute, I mean, feature length documentary talking about the history of Spanish horror movies, right. which is great because I love Spanish horror movies. I mean, I'm a big Paul Nashie fan. I love, you know, uh, obviously Osorio and all uh, Diaglacia and, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, some Franco stuff too. I mean, there's lots of great Spanish horror films and Spanish horror that's out there that exists. Right. And right. it's like, so it's cool because there's not a lot of, I mean, I, I'm sure that there's other documentaries you can check and find. I mean, I'm sure there are, they exist and that there's other extras and movies that have stuff about that. But to just kind of see a cool overarching thing talking about all that stuff was pretty cool. Right. I mean, it was right. great to see Paul Nashie's son in the documentary talking about his father's work. And right. I mean, We've gotten a lot of information about the Italians. Because there's there there was so prolific, you know, like well all the spaghetti yeah. westerns and everything. I mean, Spain yeah. is like it's, you know, I think it was Kim Newman who I, I get a kick out of that guy. The, the yeah, he's the, hilarious. Yeah, I get a I kick out of Kim. I, yeah, I, and and he's, I love entertaining him and stuff with, with the. Andy I just club. love the piles that are around him every time you see. <laughs> Do him you talk. look and see it's what like, he has? You you look and it's like it's always oh. like wow, look at all that stuff. <laughs> right, I'm always looking at what he's got, like what versions yeah. of the movie. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, but I, but you know, for him to sit there and, and kind of just like throw it out on the table and go, yeah, I kind of challenge anybody to know where half these movies are really produced. Like they're just kind of European, you know. I mean, there was yeah. like German money. There was Italian money and Spanish money. And I think that's kind of cool to bring that up because yeah, I, I'm not always the best at knowing that or remembering that or thinking even about that. But it's true. Yeah. And I think what yeah. made it cool is that it emphasized it, it emphasized the Spanish cinema. Well, going back to that documentary, one thing that I thought was interesting that they really point out in there, too, is how, you know, the Templars and the zombie like how they kind of made all these zombie movies in the wake of Night of the Living Dead before even like a lot of other countries kind of did that, right. you know, like how the Italians, it wasn't until after Dawn of the Dead when everybody kind of jumped on the bandwagon and started cranking out stuff and, you know, all these, you know, the zombie wave or whatever you want to call it of, of some of the European stuff really started to become a thing. Right. But the, the Spanish were kind of ahead of the game with that because, you know, they kind of ran with stuff right after night of the living dead came out and with that. So, which is interesting. I mean, when you think about that Manchester morgue predates Dawn of the dead, I mean, right. and it's got Gianetto De Rossi doing the effects in there, who was, you know, the dude that did all the classic Fulci stuff. Right. I mean, that's, you know, it's interesting to think about how that stuff predates it. I mean, obviously with the blind dead and having four movies right, in right, that series, right. even, I mean, that's, you know, that's a pretty like big thing right. with that, you know? So it's interesting. Cause I never really like sat and thought about that until I was watching the documentary. And I'm like, wow, I never really sat down and thought about that. And it's like, but they're right. Right. I, I agree a hundred percent. I had the exact same reaction to it. And whereas we were kind we were, we were kind of bitching a little bit earlier about how people are attaching these phantom meanings to movies and stuff on the flip side of that. When I hear somebody say that, and you sit back, like you said, and you think about it, you're like, I didn't think about that that way. Well, I mean, even Horror Rise from the Tomb and Vengeance of the Zombies. Yes. I mean, those are, you know, they yep. were 73 or ish or whatever, I believe. And mm -hmm. it's like, I mean, that's again, that's 
early on in the in the wake of of Night of Living Dead and stuff like that too. I mean, that's just you know, that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff. I mean, granted, it wasn't necessarily flesh eaters and things like that, so to speak, but mm-hmm. still, it was just you know, right. So there's a, there's there's some fodder about the extras, but at the end of the day, these are done very good. And I think yeah. mostly if if you are someone who likes the extras, I think that that the Spanish horror documentary that, that we've been talking about, it's indispensable. It's really good. And like you said, too, mm-hmm. how many of these do you see? You know, how many yeah. Spanish horror, right. you know, documentaries yeah. you see? And it's it's very comprehensive. But it's good, too, for people that are necessary might not necessarily be as, you know, maybe this is their first time experiencing tombs of blind dead and Spanish cinema. Then they watch that documentary and they, Hey, Jorge Grau, you know, Paul Nashi, and you got all these other, you know, you get to see all this stuff and it's like, cool. Right. Start making a list. Right. Right. That's to me is where the value of that comes from is for the younger fans and, might be at the convention and you know we're talking to him hey have you seen this if you haven't well check this out i mean here's the version to see this is you know all this and that and then they get to go home and watch the movie and if they love it then hopefully they'll want to watch the documentary about the stuff and be like here's a whole wide world of awesome that you are just opening yourself up to right i mean that to me is worth it absolutely absolutely and it's nice to finally have a real definitive hd razor sharp beautiful uh version of this in the old collection and of course thanks thanks to jerry for working the deal and for don for all the all the work making and making jerry's work worth it right because you know jerry could get could maybe you know work on getting a a title but you know uh, don makes all that work worthwhile by giving a amazing version of the film all right any final thoughts ryan well, I mean, thank you so much for having me back on again, man. It's always a pleasure to uh, to talk. And uh, thanks to Jerry and Don, of course, for always uh, having us be part of the Synapse family, man. It's a huge honor and a pleasure and uh, a privilege to, to do all this stuff. And, you know, I uh, love hanging with you and talking with you and Ange. You know, the, I hope, look forward to doing that more because... You know, I, I know we've had limited encounters, but sure. it's always been really great stuff. So I, right. I, I'm thankful and very grateful for that. So thank well, you. Likewise, and we're looking forward to seeing you guys again. And uh, I would say go to Flashback to see Ryan and Jen, but you're going to gonna have to wait. Going to have to wait. When is the next show you're going to be doing, you said? Is that going to be Cinema Wasteland that you'll be at with Synapse? Yeah, we'll be we'll be at Wasteland. We'll okay. be at Wasteland like okay. we always are. Okay. So, uh that's the next one for us then for the the rest of the year. I mean, normally we'd be doing flashbacks. Sure. We'll be in Norway on our honeymoon. So that's, uh, that's what we're doing. Well, enjoy that. And once again, congratulations. And uh, you guys have fun in Norway. We will keep the fort held down while you are gone. All right. We'll uh, send, our, send our best to Jen from everybody. And thanks for chatting about Tombs of Blind Dead. And we'll talk to you here real soon. All right, man. Cheers. Once again, thank you so much, Ryan, for your time. And congratulations once again to you and Jen. And enjoy your honeymoon thoroughly. We will miss you at Flashback. uh, But somehow I think that you guys will get over it quicker than we will. 
So you guys have a great time and we will see you ASAP. Finally, another reminder, if you have a comment or a question about this podcast, please email me at tim at synapsefilms.com. Tim at synapsefilms.com. It was an honor and a pleasure to be your tour guide on this journey into all things Synapse Films. Until we meet again, be safe, be good to each other, and be right back here next time for the next episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. We couldn't be here without you, the fans. So from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for your continuing support of Synapse Films. 